Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Thank you, worship team. Y'all can have a seat this afternoon. I hope that y'all are doing well today. I am back. I was not here last week. Uh, My wife and I took a bit of a mini vacation, and upon coming back, I woke up and couldn't move my neck. Um, That's what happens when you get past 30. You move your neck, you know, the one thing that it's supposed to do, move your head, and then it breaks. You know, that's just this what happens. Uh, and But uh, thank you for all your prayers. I'm doing a lot better now. As you can see, I can move my neck. Uh, we are glad that you are here today, though. Happy to have you here. I'm happy to be back uh, here with you all today. Uh, Pastor Mary stepped in uh, and gave a word last week, and uh, today... And I did. I did join y'all live. I was watching live online, and so we were there with uh, with we were here with y'all as well, even though we weren't able to be here in person. Uh, but today we're closing out our series, the new normal, same Jesus. But before we get to that, uh, just a quick is that this Saturday is going to be. Uh, we had postponed it, but uh, it was supposed to be last week. But this Saturday is going to be our first interest meeting for Safe Haven Church. Now, what an interest meeting is, is for you to find out more about what the church is going to be about, how we're going to be doing things, what we're looking for, how you can support us, how you can pray for us, or how you can be a part of the team, whether it's joining the launch team as part of the group that is going to be with us, part of the church family, part of the church community, or if you want to serve in some way, in some capacity, uh, whether it uh, whether it be in kids or media or anything else, and you know we're we're just, we're just starting off, so we need everything. You know we need everything. And so if you are interested in finding out more, finding out how you can help out this Saturday at four o'clock, I believe it's going to be at the house of Pastor Mary and Pastor Ruben. I haven't confirmed about with them, but uh, that is probably where it is going to be at. And so we would like for you to join us, or if you have someone else that you would like. Uh, to invite to that as well. We want you to invite people. We're also going to be spending some time in prayer uh, as we prepare and get ready as we move forward to get towards our launch this fall. So we are really excited about that and hope that you can be there with us. Even if you just want to go, I just want to go to support. I don't know if I can help or anything yet, but I want to go. I want to be there. I want to pray with you all and and I want to do something. And so we would love to have you there as well. So uh, with that being said, um, with that being said, we're going to get into the word today. The last uh, last week, Pastor Mary preached uh, a little bit out of our series, but I'm closing out the series with what I was going to share with y'all last week, but I am going to be sharing with you today. We've been talking about how even though in spite of the fact that the world has changed, things uh, are still not really in a place of where there is normal uh, we're, we're still trying to figure things out. There's still, uh, everything seems to be in chaos. And the world is still in a place where there's a lot of 
uncertainties and a lot of un, uh, unpredictables that are still going on around us. Yet God still remains the same. In the book of Hebrews, we read that it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that is our, our, our confidence, our hope that we have to hold on to. We talked that God is faithful, always faithful, and that that never changes, that, that His faithfulness is the same. We talked about the fact that God is always working. His, his work is always the same, working to help us become more like Jesus, to be in His image, to live our lives how He created us to be. And today, the topic of my sermon, the, the title of my sermon is Endless Love. And now, I talk about the love of God a lot. And maybe you get tired of me talking about the love of God, but it's important. It's important for us. And that is the title of my sermon today, Endless Love. And we are talking about how God's love is always the same. God's love is always the same. And so we're going to read today in the book of Romans, chapter 8. And we're going to be reading... Verses 31 to 39. Verses 31 to 39. Now, as I was preparing this message, there was something interesting about this passage that I found. And that was, in most Bibles, and in fact, if you, if you have your Bible, or a physical Bible, uh, you'll have like subtitles over certain chapters. And they try to give you a summary of about what, the, the, what you're reading is about. And sometimes... They're helpful. Sometimes you read it and it's like, what does that have to do with anything? Uh, you just wonder, did they just put something? Because they're like, I don't know what to put here. But uh, as I was reading, I was looking at some different translations. And in most Bibles, this section of Scripture is uh, titled, subtitled, More Than Conquerors. More Than Conquerors. And so maybe your Bible says that. But there was a couple of different translations that subtitled this piece of scripture differently. And I really, I thought, you know what? That fits it better than more than conquerors. Because more than conquerors is focused on us. It's focused on you and me, about who we are, who we are. But a subtitle that I saw for this said, God's endless love. And I was like, this passage more properly speaks about the love of God rather than it does anything about specifically us, about how God's love towards us is always the same. So let's read. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will, we, will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. 
we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. See, this is where that section gets its title, more than conquerors. But the most important part there is through Him who loved us. It's pointing back to God's love. Verse 38, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons neither the present or the future or any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's pray for a second. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your presence in this place. Let your word speak to us today so that we may not leave here the same, that we may leave here impacted and and in awe of who you are, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So one of the things we've talked about before here at our church is the fact that God, God is love. The, the letters that the Apostle John wrote, and First John in particular, John writes this about God. God is love. And so the idea of God, it, the, the, who He is, the character of God, is centered on this truth. And, it, and, it's, and it's so much more than just a characteristic. Because we can call someone, do, do you know anybody that you would consider loving? like, oh, they're loving. That's a loving person. You know, they love people. They easily love people. You know, we have that characteristic which we describe people as. But for God, it's a little bit different. God is not just loving. He doesn't just love. It is, love is the core of who He is. It is the core of the person of God. Everything else flows from this truth. His justice flows from His love. His desire, uh, His plans for humanity flow from His love. The actions that He takes flow from God's love because that is where it starts. Love is part of who God is. And it starts with the idea, like it, it is even in the idea that we believe here at our church that God is what we call uh, we describe God in the terms of this word, the Trinity. That God exists in the Trinity. God, God exists as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in the, and in the Trinity, we see this idea of fellowship and love between the three persons that make who God is. The Scripture tells us that the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father, and they love the Spirit, and the Spirit loves them. That that relationship in the Trinity of God, in this person, in this in the way who God is, starts with love. And it's not even something we can really put wrap our minds around because God is three persons and one that makes no sense. There's a lot of different explanations that. Uh, we might try to conjure up, but the best one that I've come across is that God is a three-dimensional being and we are in a two-dimensional plane. We only see this one aspect of Him at any given time. But that deepness, that relationship between who God is in uh, of Himself defines Him and defines everything that He does. 
Because the truth is, when it comes to love in this world, we don't always have a good perspective of it. We often try to define love by our own standards rather than God's standards. We define love by our human perspective, our limited human perspective. And that means we don't always have a good picture of what love is. Because individually, we all have our own experiences. And some of us may have experienced what we might call true love. What, what we, maybe it's from a family member. Maybe it's from a, a, a person that is, you consider a mentor, a teacher, or a, a parent. But that is not always true, and that is not always the case. So from our limited experience, we often define God's love in those, uh, in those terms. So we project on God what love is for us. If we've had a bad experience with a parent, we hear God is called Father and we say, but then God's love must be harsh because my father's love was harsh. My parents' love was harsh. And so that's how God's love must be. God's love must be harsh. We, we think about love and we think about heartbreak. You've ever been through a heartbreak? You ever been dumped? Or you did the dumping? Or you lost someone? You grieved? And we think about love and we say, love hurts. Love hurts. And so in those moments, we might think of God and project that hurt on God and say, well, why does God then want to hurt me? Because love hurts. We project. We put our standards on God. And we define love by that instead of by Himself. And so this broken view of the love of God is hard to understand then when we're looking at God, when we're trying to understand who God is. And when we, we say that God loves us, we may not always understand what that means. Because, and we have to be honest with ourselves. We may tell people that and they may not all receive it the same way either. You say, Jesus loves you. What does that mean? Maybe they don't have a perspective of which to really look through love, to, to understand love in their eyes. Because we have our own definitions of love. We have our standards. From a human perspective, love is often uh, self-seeking. We, we look out for our own selves. We look out for, number one, we look out for what we can get. When it comes to friendships or, or relationships with uh, significant others, we, we look out for what, what is this benefiting me? And when it stops benefiting us, we start rethinking, should I even be in this relationship? Uh, this is too difficult. It's too complicated. I'm not getting anything out of this. Human love can often be selfish. can often be self-centered, focused on ourselves. Human love can be, uh, like I said, hurtful. Because you ever have someone tell you that they love you, but you can really tell that they don't mean that? It's like, you know what? I'm praying for you. I love you. No, that's not, that's not full of love right there. Because they, they, they say it after they make some kind of backhanded comment towards you. You know, you're living in the world, brother. I'm, I love you. I'm praying for you. You don't know me. 
You don't know what's going on. You don't know what struggles. And yet we feel that the love that they're protruding is not really love. It's more judgment than anything else. Human love can often be judgmental because it it looks at people and says, is this person worth my love? Is this person worth my time? We try to define love by our own standards, and so we miss God's love. In Romans chapter 13, we have a picture of God's love. Romans chapter 13 is often known as the chapter of love. If you've never heard, uh, you you might um, you might have a. I think I am remembering the right. I am, I am. Excuse me, your pastor doesn't know his Bible very well. First Corinthians chapter thirteen is where I'm supposed to be at. First Corinthians chapter thirteen is often called the chapter of love, and it's often read in uh, weddings and other things like that. And it's funny because a lot of times we try to use this as a standard for human love. But the reality is is that the author was talking about the, the definition that God has for love and then asks us, we should fall to this same standard. This is what God's love looks like. In 1 Corinthians 13, the author writes... Verse 4, love is patient. How many of us think about think about that? Anybody here patient? It's like, I'm patient sometimes. Depends. If I'm in traffic, no. Yeah, I need to get where I need to go. Love is patient. But we're not always patient. Love is kind. We're not always kind. We don't always define love by these standards. Love does not envy. Sometimes we, 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 we are envious and we talk about it that, 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 it's, that that's love. Oh, you know, I'm just so jealous like that and I'm so possessive because I, I love them. I love them. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs which is something that most of us do. Someone does something wrong to us, and we hold on to that. Well, I remember on Wednesday, 2019, in the month of March, you said this. I have screenshots. We hold on to it. Love keeps no records of wrong. Verse 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. This is a picture of what the author understood God's love to be and said, this is our standard. But I'm not focusing on the fact that we should like live up to that. I, I want us to focus on the fact that this, this is a picture of how God's love is for us. Always. Love is patient. God is patient. When we fail time and time again, or we struggle, or we don't always get it right, and we're not sure, and we're, and we're just wandering around, and are lost, and, and we're, we're struggling in life, God is patient, and He's right there with us. Love is kind. 
when we would look at ourselves in the mirrors and tell ourselves that we're not worth it, we're not this, we're not that, and we are just cruel to our own self, God stands there and contradicts every statement that we make and says, no, you are not that. He is kind to us. He does not envy us. He holds on to us. He is not proud of who He is. He, he realizes that pride would be the opposite of what love is because pride says, I'm better than everybody. But God is humble and says, I will give of myself to you. In fact, that's what we read at the very beginning in chapter Romans chapter 8. It says, He gave of Himself to us, leaving everything else behind. leaving His godly power, godly throne, everything else behind to be with us. God doesn't dishonor us. He is not seeking out for His own benefit, but for the benefit of our us. He is not angry with us. How many times have we ever felt God angry with us? Let me tell you a secret. It wasn't God that was angry with you. It was you that was angry with you. God wasn't angry with you. God was there with you, holding on to you as that hurt gripped your heart. God wasn't angry with you. God doesn't hold on to the past. When the Bible talks about sin, it says that when Jesus forgives, it is, it is cast as far as the east is from the west. I don't know if you know, like, that is a metaphor. Like, they don't touch. They never touch. That's the distance, infinitely separated. It says in other, in other parts of the Bible, it says, God's love casts our wrongdoings to the deepest part of the ocean and leaves them there. God doesn't hold on to your past and criticize you for it. That is a tactic of the enemy. If you are ever in a place in your life where you feel guilt and shame for the sin and the troubles in your life, the struggles in your life. That's not God. God doesn't bring you guilt. God doesn't bring you shame. God doesn't put that weight on you and say you are not enough. He says, I take that off of you to let you know that you are enough. He doesn't hold on to the records of wrongs. He doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. He speaks to us in truth, in love. That's what the the New Testament tells us. Speak truth in love. There are a lot of people that are content with speaking, uh, a lot of people that are content with speaking what they think is truth. And all they are doing is causing harm. They're yelling out to people, telling them, you're going to hell, you're doing this, you're doing that. And they're yelling at people these things, and they say, I'm speaking truth, but they're doing nothing but causing harm. Right before this part, in verses 40, uh, what we read here in verses 48, the Apostle Paul says, if you do all of these things, and you look good on the outside, and you seem like you know it all, and you seem like you know the Scripture, and you seem like you're worshiping and do all this, but you don't have love, then you're just noise. But that's not God's love. God's love is not like that. God speaks to us with gentleness and truth to let us know that we are worthy, we are loved, we are more than we think we are. 
God protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. God is our number one cheerleader. He's the one that is there that is saying, I got you. He trusts us. Can you think about that for a second? It says, love always trusts. So God always trusts us. I don't trust me. I don't trust me yet. God is like, I trust you. Well, you're making a mistake. I don't trust. How can you trust me? No, God, no, I trust you. I trust what I've given you. I trust what I have in you. I trust the life that I have given to you. I trust you. And we think, how oh, we really shouldn't because I make a lot of mistakes. I say, no, it's okay. I'm here. I trust you. I protect you. I'm with you. I hope in you. I persevere with you. I'm not letting you go. Not letting you down. That is God's love. That is so different than the picture we are often taught and pointed to. Because a lot of times, I have known that people teach that God is love, and yet, in that same name, in the same sentence, will speak words of hatred and harm and destruction. And yet, presume to speak for God. And say, I'm speaking the truth of God. And they're missing all the love. And I truly believe that that, that God is not in that. Because that's not God's standard. That's not God's love. That's not who God's love is. See, God, God's love, where, where, where worldly love says you have to have value, you have to have something, God's love creates and gives value. He says, you are valuable because of who I am and because of my love. God's love does not seek repayment. It's not seeking something back. It's like, if I give, you got to give something back. If we were to only just love God, if, if God were to only just love us, and that's what he does. He just loves us, doesn't ask for anything in return to anyone on this planet. It says that he lets the rain shine on the wicked and the righteous. He lets the rains fall on them. He, he gives out a new days and new mercies every single day. That's not, that is not just for the people who say that they love God. That is for every single person on this planet, regardless if you believe in Him or not, regardless if you think He's there, regardless if you think He loves you, that is God's love. Because God's love doesn't change that way. It's not like human love. It doesn't, it doesn't change. Sin doesn't change God's love. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that I can do, you can do, that will stop God's love from us. That will stop God from loving us. Nothing. Nothing. I remember a comedian one time, he said, I was talking to a bus driver and the conversation got into faith. And I said, well, do you go to church? And says, no, I don't go to church because, you know, I'm too far from God. He says, well, have you ever, uh, have you ever uh, 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 committed adultery and then murdered her husband? The like, what? Not yet, was the bus driver's response. Like, not yet. <laughs> you better not be thinking about that anyway. But 
We put all these standards, but then if you look at the characters, the people, the stories in the Bible, oftentimes the, the, the heroes of the faith were not the ones who got it right all the time. They were the ones who were always in the struggle, always getting it wrong. Sin does not stop God's love. Fear doesn't stop God's love. Sometimes we're afraid of God's love. That sounds weird. But it stems from this idea and this teaching that we have to do things in order to earn God's love. And so what we will do then is hold ourselves to that standard. And if we don't get it right, then we are afraid that somehow God does not love us. Or if he does, if he actually does love us, that might terrify us even more. Because then we look at ourselves and say, how can he love me when I am me? How can he see all this messed up life? And love me. That doesn't make sense to me. And so we might be afraid of that. But that doesn't stop him from loving us. In fact, the word says, perfect love casts out fear. And he will step into our lives and that love will cast out fear. God's love doesn't change because of sin, because of fear. God's love doesn't change because of our understanding or of our definition. All that talk about what human love is, if we put that on God... It doesn't make any difference as to how His love actually is for us. Because it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter anything. You are loved because that is who He is. And that is never changing. The new normal brings us into a world where we are uncertain of a lot. We're uncertain of ourselves. We're uncertain of our futures. What we're going to do next. Now I'm about to close here. But God's love is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It is the thing that we can count on more than anything else in the world. When we are lost and broken... He walks with us and holds us close. When we are crying and weeping, He sits and weeps with us. When we don't know where to go, He will sit with us as we wait. He will walk with us through the dark. He will bring light to our, our dark lives. He will help us to give hold on to hope. He will help us grow and change and learn and trust in Him little by little because it doesn't scare Him. Your problems, your sin, your worries, your fears, your struggles, that doesn't scare Him because His love is bigger than all of that. Bigger than anything we could do. And that is why Jesus was here. Jesus is that he is the incarnation of love on earth he came and he reached out to those that no one else wanted the lepers that people had cast out from society because of their sickness God reaches out to those who are sick to those who 
are disabled, to those who are struggling with health. God loves those. God loves those who struggle with mental health disorders. That doesn't disqualify you from God's love. It doesn't disqualify you. God, Jesus, sat and ate with what the people of his day called the sinners and the tax collectors and the prostitutes. And he says, these are my friends, the ones I love. No sin in our lives will exclude us from that space. That's what Jesus was. That's who Jesus was. He came to change the way we see things in this world. To make us understand that God wasn't this harsh being that is waiting to strike us with lightning or burn us with fire the moment we screw up. But that He is the one that stands with open arms and says, Here I am. I'm right here. All you need to do just be here. Take that. Take that love from me. Would you stand with me this afternoon? Maybe you're struggling to feel loved. Maybe there's a struggle in you today. I don't know. Maybe it's been hard. to feel loved by God. But He loves you. And He is here for you. And I want to pray with you today as we close this service. God, we thank You for Your presence in this place. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for what You've done in our lives. We thank You for all that You've given because you've given us of who you are. You've given us of that love, that perfect love that tears down every wall, that casts out the darkness and the fear, that covers every sin, that sits with us, that walks with us, that stands with us, that fights with us, that loves us, that lives us, that holds us. That is who you are. Help us, God, to know your love. Because it's hard sometimes to hold on to that truth. It's hard sometimes in the middle of a chaotic world and a world that tells us we are less than. Help us remember that you say we are enough. That we are loved. We are yours. And then help us to carry that love with whoever to whoever we might meet and wherever we might go. Your love never changes. Let us hold on to that truth today, God. We thank you. As the worship team leads us in a song of closing this afternoon, if there's any prayer, any, anything you need to prayer for, just let us know. If you're watching online and you need prayer, let us know in the chat so we can pray for you today.
We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.